0: House. all right so head coach dana holkerson as the head coach of the houston cougars has not won a game against a big 12 opponent yet in his tenure that changes this weekend let's talk about it you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Ainsworth to break down all things Cougs. If you are a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lace on the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. And if you found us on the YouTube channel, it is so good to see you again. Remember to subscribe. We're doing a giveaway every 250 subscribers. The next big marker is 1750. So you got to subscribe to help us get there. We're just over 1,600. Like and count on the videos to let us know that you're in the contest. If after today's episode, you just are so blown away at how easy this could potentially be if all things go right for the Houston Cougars this weekend. Okay, I'm being a little facetious, but if you don't know what to say, tell us in the comments down below if you're really going to have a bendy straw or a twisty, twirly straw. Now, today's episode, we're going to talk some about how the Houston Cougars can do a couple of big things and make the game very easy on themselves. We're going to look at the three keys to victory for the Houston Cougars this weekend, and each of those keys will make up its own segment of the show. Uh, So let's break down those three right fast and then jump in. The three keys to victory for Houston against Texas Tech will be rising to the moment of a big emotional weekend. If you haven't heard, we'll get into more on that in a second. The second key to victory will be that big-time players need to make big-time plays in big-time games. I know it sounds simple but we'll get to more about how there's the opportunity for that in a moment and in the third and final segment, we we'll talk some about how the third key victory will be putting pressure on an inexperienced quarterback and in baron morton uh, and why he's in the game in the first place for texas tech and what that could look like so we've talked a long time about getting into it but let's talk about what rising to the moment this weekend will mean for the houston cougars and as i see it it is twofold on the one hand uh, this is going to be an emotional weekend for Daniel Holgerson. Daniel Holgerson and Mike Leach were very, very close. We talked about this last year when Mike Leach passed away, um, relatively suddenly. Um, it was over the winter holiday, kind of early part of bowl season. Caught a lot of people in the football community by surprise. Myself as a coach, I have a lot of affinity for what Mike Leach has done. I really, really like, you know, studied the perfect pass, looked at the air rated a lot as a coach coming up in the ranks myself. I really, really, um, Mike, Le- Mike Leach losing my leech was a tough one. Uh, losing my leech for Dana was a lot this weekend. They're honoring Mike Leach at the football game. Um, there's a Friday event Saturday. There's stuff going on before at the game and at halftime. Um, obviously, Dana Holgerson will be there Friday and Saturday, right? Because he is there with football team. Cliff Kingsbury, um, who was involved as a player at the earlier part of that dynasty uh that dynasty but that run of football that leach had that changed football forever at texas tech uh cliff kings will be there friday obviously he's coaching on the usc coaching staff so he won't be there saturday they've got to go play colorado and dion um dana will be there though the entire weekend and will probably be like separated from the team at parts just to make sure he gets to be a part of those things. Um, Not to say that he won't be doing his responsibilities, but this is a big deal to honor a mentor in Mike Leach at Texas tech. Dana has not been shy about it being a big day for him or shy about the relationship that he and coach Leach had. Um, And frankly, it's a big deal because as Dana told us in the summer, or as anyone with a pulse on the situation could tell you, um, this is a big deal because this day for a long time felt like it would never happen. Leach, for all the history and the changing of the forever of football that he did at Texas Tech, had a very abrupt exit from the university. Um, there are some people there that really didn't like him. There's some people there that also really stood by him and stood on his side, I should say. Um, but it was very, very quick and somewhat rash after um, punishing a player by separating from them from the team and had them sit in the equipment closet over the course of practice. Um, that player, of course, had a father that worked for ESPN. Things went as they did. Mike Leach is no, was uh, no longer the Texas Tech coach very quickly. After that, Tuberville people came in, kind of tanked the entire thing they built. Um, I say all that to say that um, I think if you'd ask someone in 2012, they'd be like, you know what? Those bridges are burnt. And now we're sitting here, unfortunately, after Leach passed away and they will see it in person, um, but they're honoring him. And it's a big, big deal. His family will be there. Um, and that'll probably also be emotional for Dana. I don't know how much interaction he's had with the family since the funeral, um, but that should be uh, an emotional weekend. If Dana can rise above that, right? Coach for Leach in a way that would make him proud, right? As opposed to being overwhelmed with emotions would be a big deal. Uh, similarly, in the other half, this emotional tree here is that, Houston has always had a couple transfers from Texas tech for a number of reasons. Alex Hogan's one people don't talk about a whole lot, like Tejon Henry was one last year. Uh, Donovan Smith starting quarterback this year was a transfer to Houston last January and came to Houston specifically to be in the big 12 still after leaving Texas tech amongst a handful of other things, opportunity to start and all that obviously played a big role. Um, this is his first trip back as a starting quarterback. Um, and frankly, I thought it was interesting earlier this week and doing some recon kind of research. Um, Texas Tech coach McGuire um, point out that Donovan Smith should know the Texas Tech defense and the Texas Tech defense should know Donovan Smith. They played against each other a whole heck of a lot. Um, Smith, while he was at Texas Tech, did win the second quarterback job over um, Baron Morton, who's the current starter for no reason we'll get to it at the end of the episode. Then when the starters uh, slow went down, that meant donovan smith came in as a starter uh then later in the year he got suddenly replaced after you know a somewhat awkward half uh, of football he gets replaced um and morton didn't let go of the job after that donovan smith said screw this i'm gonna go somewhere i can play and he's showing up here with houston to we anticipate beating texas tech right now um in the Houston game, first of all, he did throw three picks, but he also made the game-winning touchdown. So it's like the roller coaster that was Donald Smith's time at Texas Tech this year. While the wins and losses have not been maybe what the some fans would hope, I have to say that I've been impressed by his growth and how he's adapting to a new offense. Very, very different offense than what they're running at Tech right now. And uh, he's got his turnovers down. Um, and, you know, he's got the ball in the right team's hands. He's taking sacks instead of throwing it away. You know, I think throwing it away, there's pros and cons to it, right? Um, What I will say is if any defense knows how to turn him over, it will likely be this one. And so if he can continue to not let what will be an undoubtedly raucous crowd, right, Uh, Tortilla Tech, as they're called, will be going all day long, uh, you know, starting early in the morning for a afternoon kickoff and being very, very rowdy. I'm positive about that. Um, We'll be lucky if they don't start the night before. I'm sure there'll be some atrocious things said. There are people there that feel very strongly that he's not a very good quarterback. I would disagree, but those people will let it be known. I'm very, very positive about it. I hope it doesn't get too terribly ugly. I don't need you YouTube- videos or TikToks or anything about um, some awful things being said, but I do think it'll be interesting to see how Donovan responds to will be a hostile environment as hostile as one, as he's seen, it's also the first true road game for Houston as the first game out of the city of Houston thus far. Um, that'll add an element to this. I think that's worth investigating uh, and how Donovan Smith rises to that occasion could very well dictate this game. If he rises above it and it's the competitor I think he can be, we got a real shot to, you know, I don't want to say surprise the world, but certainly turn some eyeballs. If it's a learning experience, because it's the first one like this, we could have a long day, right? And so those kinds of moments will be will be crucial for Donovan in the course of this game. And that's not even in an X's and O's sense or in a football sense. That is just in a between the ears on a big Saturday kind of instance. Now, I want to talk some about players making plays more schematically and more looking at actual football Uh, the emotional weekend is a real deal i don't mean to say it's not but there are certainly some things to mention as far as uh, the football side of this and before we get there we're going to talk about some other kinds of football too or if you want to win something yourself in this football game at fanduel.com because you snapped in the action this football season with fanduel america's number one sports book now Right now, they've got this crazy good deal where you can get up to $200 back in bonus bets just by putting down $5. Guaranteed to get $200 back in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet that $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. They've got the line of this game set as Texas Tech by 8.5. they got Texas Tech's minus 8.5, and, and the over-under set at 50.5. The 50.5 has me questioning. Oh, is this going to be just over, just under? I can see it being just under because they've got a new quarterback. Or they've got a young inexperienced experienced quarterback. And, da, 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 and, you know, Houston's been in a couple of lower scoring affairs themselves and wish Houston? Da, da da What I will say is I'm taking Houston to be close than eight and a half because I think Houston wins the game. Right. And I'm telling you to do those things at FanDuel Sportsbook, American One Sportsbook. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off the football season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, so I look at um, this game and this game as Houston's first potential Big 12 win. Now, obviously, it would have been nice to have that against TCU, but against TCU, while the result was not what we wanted and the offense stalled out and the offense had problems. We've talked about those problems at nauseum. Go back and watch that week's worth of the post-games afterwards. Um, I think what stood out in TCU was it's a big-time game Matthew Golden, kick, return, touchdown. Parker Jenkins had a good enough return game over the whole course, the whole game, to earn himself a starting running back spot. Um, you had sacks. You had strip sacks. You had interceptions. You had players making plays in a big-time game. This week, in a big-time game. I'm not making this staying up. Every coach in America says it, but players got to make plays if houston's going to go with this screen short passing game as their thing as i think they should and argued earlier this week that i think they should then they've got to got to got to win those matchups right in a screen pass in a short pass right they've got 11 we've got 11 at some point it comes down to if we want to make more than three or four yards on this play my dude as an offensive person is going to make the defensive dude miss full stop. We're going to block up the other guys. We're going to put you in a hole in in an area with a lot of space, one-on-one with a safety, one-on-one with a corner, and you get three or four yards if you get tackled, and that's positive. But to turn those into big plays, to turn those into game-winning plays and game-changing plays, you've got to make a dude miss. you might got to make a play. Houston's got the athletes to do it, and I think that's one of the things that makes this offense very good for Houston. But that's got to happen this weekend against Texas Tech. Um, And Further, we think a lot about making plays as being the guy with the ball, right? I think that's the most common way I think of it. But in the kind of offense Houston's trying to run, sometimes the guy making the play has to be the guy laying hat on the block. Matthew Golden, for all the things that uh, I think he's a future pro for a bunch of different reasons and anything, one of the things he's probably the most underrated at as a wide receiver is blocking. He needs to put corners on their butt this week as a blocker in the short game and in the screen game. Um, because that's also making a play without getting the stat attached to it, right? Um, these kinds of things have to happen at the, if, at the perimeter, the short perimeter. If Houston's going to run this kind of offense and be successful against a Big 12 football team, I think they will. I think they should. I think they can. But they've just got to do it. In a very similar vein, Parker Jenkins, in his first start last week against San Jose State, had a historic start. And I'm not just using that, you know, somewhat flippantly. It was historic in that it was the first time a Houston Cougar has had a freshman first game start go for three rushing touchdowns. As far as the upward trajectory of that goes, and we know the history of Houston Cougar football in the 80s, and we know the highlights of some of the other eras, and you know the Case Keenum era or the Greg Ward era or whatever, other highlights there have been for sure. But the upward trajectory of that is one of the greatest, theoretically, one of the greatest Houston Cougars to ever put on a jersey. Does Parker Jenkins continue to step up to the plate against a much better opponent? Potentially. Now, I don't think that St. Houston's defense was anything to sneeze at, and I don't mean to degrade that defense at all or make light of what Parker Jenkins did against them. But these defensive linemen are Big 12, defense linemen. They're Big 12 size guys. They're a little bit more experienced in Big 12 play. The holes will be smaller. They just will. Can, if guys are holding their blocks in what maybe equate to smaller holes, can Parker Jenkins fit his way through that B-gap, hit the B-gap, hit the second level, make a guy miss and get out for a big run, right? Can he turn on the burners and get away from big 12 DBs? Can he make those plays? I think he can. I think he should. I think he will. But to win this game, players got to make plays and those are his plays to make, right? Similarly, Donovan Smith, I mentioned, has had a relatively clean sheet this year and that he hadn't taken a whole lot of gambles and risks downfield. Some people are worried about this and the other thing in touchdowns, but he's not throwing the ball to the other team, a whole cap a lot, right? Two of his interceptions have been while he's getting hit. He and even throwing that many interceptions to begin with. I don't know why i it up, but can he continue to make plays, right? It's not just going to be making the safe plays. At some point when you're throwing the short passes, the defense is going to collapse and come down and play the line of scrimmage and press and mug up on guys, right? Can you make the read? I think I make the read and put the ball deep at the top of their heads and put it in the Houston Cougars' hands. I think he can. I think he should. I think he will. But players got to make plays if they want to win this game. Those are the kinds of plays that Dom has going to make. The plays continue across the rest of the offense, too. I mean, Patrick Paul is going to make his block. Jack Freeman going to make his block. Re- uh, Reuben Unisey is going to make his block, even if he vomits right before as went viral last weekend. Those things got to happen if they want a chance to win this football game. Players are going to make plays. On the defensive side, right? it also has to happen. We'll talk more in the third segment about getting after the quarterback, but this is an inexperienced quarterback. This guy does not have a whole lot of snaps under his belt, does not have a whole lot of passes under his belt, does not have a whole lot of success under his belt either. Can Houston make the plays to take the ball away? Houston has had an interception every game they've played this season, including three in the first one. Can the Houston Cougars, continue that streak. Who gets to pick this game, right? Uh, based on the depth chart, starting to be's are Isaiah Hamilton, Moses Alexander, Malik Fleming, A.J. Halsey, and Hassan Hippolyte. A little bit different look. They've had some games, a little bit, you know, people getting banged up and ankles and those kinds of things, and we're starting to hit back at safety because we're moving guys around or whatever. Which one of those guys be the guy who gets to pick this week? Will it be more than one? Will Fleming had another, have another multi-pick performance? I mean, that would put him at the top of the country in a lot of ways. I mean, crazy, but why not? players got to make plays they've got to make things happen similarly defensive front eight sacks on the year as a team that's a great start to the season right great start to the season nelson caesar has three and a half sacks to his name alone that's awesome but this is a big time football game who steps up and makes the play this week is nelson caesar is it a greg is it dot wanko and what we hope is continuing to get healthy and coming back more right now if dot's healthy i would actually put money on dot but that's also a separate issue Who's going to make the plays this week? Someone's got to make a play, whether it's the strip sack fumble that they got, the defensive line got last week, uh, or I guess that was two weeks ago, against you know, TCU. Um, who's going to make the plays that get the ball back to the offense on the defense side of the football? And if you're, I guess I should say, that's not just necessarily making the takeaways, not just making the big sports center plays. If you're Uggwegbu, the play is also not the late hit right like who makes the plays who does their job correctly effectively i think a lot of houston Cougars can i think this is a team that houston has every bit of the ability to take down and do those things with but making plays in games like this is a really really important and significant thing And the third segment i want to talk some about the guy that they're making those plays against um mostly because it's a guy that is not the guy we would have thought it was a week ago if you're following me there um One of the things Houston's got to do to win this football game is get after inexperienced quarterback Baron Morton. Now, Barron Morton was not intended to be the starter. And frankly, uh, Barron Morton has thrown – let me make sure I'm pulling this up to get the numbers right – has thrown just 50 passes this season on the whole. Uh, He came in last week relatively early when quarterback Tyler Show got – hurt uh, it looks like he broke his leg He broke his lower leg after having thrown just six passes baron morton jumped in and threw 37 passes in the football game now baron morton is a kid that um was kind of thrown in the fire that week against west virginia um this week he's been preparing as a starter right um for what it's worth i guess he also dinged up his shoulder in the west virginia game but he finished the game out looks like he's healthy he's gonna start he'd start on the, the chart blah, blah 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 right um for what it's worth, though, and looking at Baron Morton, I think I said that three times, but um, he's just passing at a forty-two percent clip, just completing passes at a forty-two percent clip. That's awful, right? Uh, further, as the guy getting the like first team type reps against West Virginia, because he got some like garbage time in earlier games of the season uh, against West Virginia, Baron Morton completed just thirty-five percent of his passes, and frankly, he completed just twenty percent of his passes in play action, indicating that if you get after him and take away the time he has for the football because the play action takes longer in the backfield before he can rise up and throw. If you get after him, his productivity, his effectiveness and being able to throw the ball and make completions all go down. I know a things breaking his film down. Uh, I thought it was this way and I looked at the numbers from pro football focus bared it out. He is much better throwing to the right side of the field at each different on pro football focus on each different level of the field. So like negative yard throws, positive, you know, 0-10, 10-20, 20-plus. On each level, he completes significantly more passes to the right side of the field than the left. An um, experienced young right-handed kid, probably um, also surprised as do something with something I'm going to mention in a second. He's kind of a kid that likes to move around and do some unorthodox things. Um, that's not to say that he has crazy high completion percentages or anything like that. Again, I mentioned as a guy going against the first team against West Virginia, he had, he only just 35% of his passes, but he, he does complete more past the rights of the field. So can Houston take advantage of those kinds of tendencies, right? I would hope so. We shall see. Um, he's not a deep ball threat yet. Uh, he has not shown that obviously with a week of practice, as a starter, he might figure some things out, but he is just two of eight on throws over 20 yards on the season. Um, defense should be able to play the tight line of scrimmage aggressive. in that instance, one of his two completions down the field was actually to a guy that was wide open, like naked wide open should walk into the end zone, but he underthrew him so much. He had to come back and they actually fell down coming out to catch the football. Um, for what, he doesn't have a favorite receiver though, and that's probably something as being a backup. It looked like in the West Virginia game, he had pretty even distribution amongst the top three wideouts at Texas Tech. There was no favoritism amongst any of them, uh, not against anyone in particular. I should say, three different guys with three re- three receptions. Nothing tips off the page as far as um, as far as that goes. I, I'm trying to think of like other things to take away from that, except that he like they have a guy uh, jerry Ann brantley he has 20 catches on the year but against west virginia with um with the majority of the snaps coming from baron morton he had just three right like he's not favoring that in the same way by any stretch um now i will say he's a division one quarterback he's not that he's terrible i'm not gonna sit around and talk about some of the quarterbacks being terrible he just appears inexperienced and has some things that are very very vulnerable um he's really good at the unconventional stuff now he's not patrick mahomes um and maybe it's the fact he's wearing the Texas tech uniform and throws me off a little bit, but he, he does a lot of the stuff where he throws with unorthodox arm angles on the move, breaking away from pressure um, and uh, attempts, dangerous risky throws. He does those kinds of things. Um, and frankly, relative to him doing other things, I feel like he does those things pretty well. Um, that's not to say that he is Patrick Mahomes doing those things excellently, but it's almost like he's better when he has to just go play backyard football improvise and do you know that kind of stuff than he is in a more traditional setting some of that may be being the backup quarterback not getting all the reps maybe that's different this week but i think that's also just kind of something he seems to have in his dna a little bit it looks like he's very comfortable in doing those kinds of things um the other thing i think that they need to get after him um, is that uh, first of all, he he scrambles, I should say, scrambles to throw. He has just five rushes this year, 19 in his career. Doesn't have a whole lot of big rushing, uh, you know, chunk gains or anything like that. Where Texas Tech gets their rushing yard from is Taj. Guys, um, well, I had the first name down as Taj. Why do I have this? Why am I blanking here? Why am I blanking here? This is the awkward part of the podcast where I am blanking on a player's name. Taj Brooks. Taj Brooks. I can't want to say Taj Boyd. And I knew it wasn't right. Taj Brooks, uh, their running back, is pretty strong. Um, he's got over 400 years on the season already. He also has caught a couple balls out of the backfield. Um, just one touchdown, right? Just one touchdown, not getting in the end zone a whole lot. The Tex Tech, Tech offense as a whole is not getting in the end zone a whole lot on the ground um, or in general. Yikes, shots fired. But um, Taj Brooks is a good runner of the football. If Houston can. Get after baron morton and make them one dimensional it should help doug belk dial out some run run blitzes and run pressures that take away taj brooks that's a a thing that would work in their favor obviously now again my three keys to the game in quick summary are that houston's got to rise the moment an emotional weekend that their big time players have to make big time plays and big time games like this one and they need to get after Quarterback Baron Morton because he isn't experienced and will make mistakes when they do so. I know some of those things seem obvious, I know some of those things seem simple. If you've got other keys to the game, other things that you think Houston's got to do to win this week, tell me in the comments down below or find me on social media wherever you are on social media at Painsworth 512. That's P-A-I-N-S, W-O-R-T-H 512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your favorite social media handles, the blue sky, the threads, the all those things. I'm always at Painsworth. 512. Hoping to get someone on tech. We got some things in the works by getting a, a Texas Tech guest for Friday's episode. Kind of get a little bit more of recon. That's why th- Thursday and Friday episodes get kind of flipped here. If you're looking for a second list in the day, please go make sure you listen to Locked On Big 12 as they're previewing the entire weekend slate. Uh, Drake's doing a really fun job. It's a, it's a fun, fun gig over there. He's doing a lot of work with BYU because he's actually going to that game this weekend. It's a fun show to get to kind of overlay the entire conference. Go check that one out. Thank you all so much for tuning in again because Locked on Cooks is a private Locked on Podcast Network, and that means your team every day. Go kooks.